0: Hey everybody, today we are talking about the 1987 fantasy comedy, Deathstalker 2. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy on the comedy. Doesn't necessarily mean it's funny, it means it was comic. There were a lot of jokes that fell flat, and some of those I think fell flat on purpose, because that in itself was funny.
1: Yeah, I like that about this. It's like, they know it's crappy, so they're just gonna roll with it anyway. Right, and it it does seem like yeah, like they bought like I don't know jokes and gross or something. Like they had like <laughs> jokes, <laughs> and they were just like kept on pouring jokes into the script. And then they go to film it, and they're like, "Dude, this sucks." And they're like, "Yeah, no, nah, it's cool. It's it's supposed to be like that." And they actually pulled it off.
0: Yeah, I think John Tuleski wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and these were all of the jokes that he had saved up over over the years, and so they just threw them into the script. Who's John Kalinske? Is that Deathstalker in this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, God, that
0: guy. Yeah. (laughs) Movie was subtitled Duel of the Titans. There are really no titans in this movie unless you count an Amazonian professional wrestler. I love her. (laughs) This was the last of a series of sword and sorcery films that Roger Corman agreed to make in argentina in the 1980s it was intended to be a a straightforward sword and sorcery movie until the director saw the script and said yeah i'm not doing that and then it ended up being a cornball parody of sword and sorcery movies it's less like conan the barbarian more like ski patrol yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's not a bad movie like, it's great. It, I mean, it's one of my favorite out of the Deathstalker series, but it's like, and it wasn't supposed, to, it wasn't planned out to be Deathstalker. It was supposed to be something else, and they just slapped Deathstalker on it, right?
0: Right. They basically turned the whole movie into an inside joke. Yeah,
1: and that works, because the first one was kind of moody and real rapey, and, like, there's, like, a bunch of bad stuff in it. Right. And this one's, like, complete opposite of that. And yes. so that think this movie works because the first one was so doomy and gloomy and stuff and this one is like you know pretty much a three stooges
0: with like swords it's roger corman's princess bride yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) movie was made on a budget of about four hundred thousand dollars was this direct to video
1: uh i don't know like i remember it was like a video store staple because like when i was a kid like that was always there
0: i think it I first, think first. it was direct-to-video because there's no box office data for this one. Yeah. I mean, they might have shown it in, those, in a
1: theaters in some other country, but yeah, nah.
0: Right. movie was directed by Jim Wynorski, who is a veteran writer-director-producer of Hollywood exploitation films. He makes lots of bikini and boob movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's seen a lot of his work. The year before he made this one, he made Chopping Mall for Roger Corman. He's also known for The Lost Empire, The Final Voyage, starring Ice-T, and Fire From Below, starring Kevin Sorbo, who was Hercules, which is about a disaster at a lithium mining operation in Texas. <laughs> <That> <laughs> apparently, like yeah, apparently they brought some lithium up out of the mine and it came in contact with water and set a lake on fire. But uh shopping mall had the guy
1: that played death in this oh okay uh that's a great movie like that's one of the the great ones you know and uh yeah it has a bunch of like b movie stars in it you know yeah yeah and yeah that guy that plays death he's totally like the jock guy that uh you know is like the first to die right i don't know like, you know, like he brought him he probably brought him in for this role you know probably
0: probably so This original script was written by Neil Ruttenberg, who also worked on Godzilla the series, Extreme Ghostbusters, and Bad Blood starring Lorenzo Lamas.
1: Lorenzo Lamas.
0: Uh, Yes. (laughs) I remember uh, Extreme Ghostbusters.
1: That was a pretty cool cartoon. Yeah.
0: That script got thrown out (laughs) because, like we said, Jim Wynorski took one look at the script and said, that, that's not the movie I want to make. I want to make something different. And he and John Terleski, who uh, starred as Deathstalker in this film, they sat down and they wrote the script to the movie that they wanted to make. Hence, that's why this movie is so awesome, probably. They saved it. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it was going to be just a straight sword and sorcery. It was going to be uh, another Deathstalker, you know, just like the first one. And it would have been horrible. But they made it completely different. Music by Chuck Serino, who also did music for Chopping Mall, Return of the Swamp Things, Sorority House Massacre 2, Ghoulies 4, which sounds like three too many ghoulies.
1: No, nah, that was the best one. That's where uh, the ghoulies go to college. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like Revenge of the Nerds, with like puppet monsters. So yeah, Ghoulies 4 is like the best out of the ghoulies.
0: Well, he's still going strong in recent years with Cobra Gator. And Saw Women's Prison Massacre.
1: Man, that sounds like a movie.
0: <laughs> yes. It's like if Sharknado was an exploitation film. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> John Turleski, we already talked about as Death Stalker. He had a career as a TV character actor and TV and film director. He's had a lot more success as a director than he ever had as an actor. As an actor, he appeared in Facts of Life, Walker, Texas Ranger, Murder She Wrote. The Last Frontier and CSI Miami as a director, he's made episodes of Boston Legal, Ugly Betty, Criminal Minds, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, The Equalizer, and SWAT. The new Equalizer or the old Equalizer? The new Equalizer and the new SWAT. Okay. Yeah, the new one with, uh, with Queen Latifah. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So he's done some really good stuff for for as a director.
1: I love it when you see him in TV shows. You're like, that's the guy from Chopping Mall. <laughs> or I, that, that could just be me.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's probably most of our
1: audience. Yeah. Once you see him, you know who I'm talking about because like, his face is too small for his
0: head. He's got a big yes. head, but it's like right in the center of it. He's got a little squished up face. Yeah. Weird. Monique Gabrielle. As Rena the Seer and Princess Evie. She's primarily known for raunchy roles in 80s and 90s horror and exploitation films. Yeah, sooner. Appeared as a stripper in Flashdance. She was also in Bachelor Party, Amazon Women on the Moon, The Return of the Swamp Thing, Airplane 2, the sequel, Problem Child 3, Jr. in Love. Terrible movie. Uh, why did they ever make more than the one? Was Sam Kennison in that first movie? No, nah, it was Gilbert
1: Gottfried. Okay, yeah, you're right. As the principal or well, first he was in the first one he's the guy at the orphanage, then he's the principal at the school. Okay. He's probably in that third one too. I don't know. Probably.
0: Probably. At the time that they made this film, she was dating John Turlesky.
1: That figures. Yeah. She still has like no screen chemistry with him though.
0: <laughs> You know, <laughs> you can see in some of their scenes where they just completely break character, and it's just her with her boyfriend. Yeah, and it's like you think that would add something to it, but this chick is
1: just her acting is like a board, right? And they they make use of that too. I mean, they
0: I mean she's really really good at you know playing a pretty board. I mean, that's but- exactly what's needed for this role. Yeah. Let's, that's that's how you make a parody of a genre work is you you take the crappy acting and you really crap it up and and she does it perfectly. She'll say
1: a line straight as hell, yet I'll laugh at it just because. her. <laughs> 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 and over oh man, she seems like the most overdubbed person and it's her voice. I, I've seen her in other stuff. I know what she sounds like, but just the way. Like, they're like, oh, we, we didn't get, we didn't pick that up or something. You're going to have to dub it, you know? And it's just, yeah. It gets like an echo to it. It's funny.
0: Yep. John Lazar is Jarek the Sorcerer. He's made a career of playing minor bits in Russ Meyer films, including Return to the Valley of the Dolls, Super Vixens. Oh, and the Fred Olin Ray film, Attack of the 60 Foot Centerfolds.
1: That one's a good one. I remember seeing that on cable when I was a kid. Uh, Beyond the Valley of Dolls is a great movie. That's uh, what i read
0: about it. As I was as I was researching this, I haven't seen it, but I've I've read that it is incredibly. You know, it's 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 a movie that a lot of people cited as as uh, one of their inspirations in their work.
1: uh What's his name? The Cisco Ebert guy. It was
0: Roger think, yeah. Ebert. Yeah, Roger yeah, was... Ebert wrote it.
1: Oh man, yeah, he like shits on people's movies, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta produce some turds to be able to identify a turd right
1: oh you're no wonder this guy's a good critic because you know <laughs> i mean i valley of dolls i'm not gonna put it on like you know thanksgiving dinner or something it's not that type of movie but uh yeah it's a good movie <laughs>
0: He appeared in a number of stage productions and his IMDb bio also reports that he's a ballet dancer, expert swordsman and martial artist.
1: Yeah. And he's like the only one that's in the movie that plays it up like it's a sword and sorcery. Right. And he's doing it like Shakespeare in the park. Everybody (laughs) is like in a surfer comedy or some shit. Yeah. So he's the only one that's like. It has the regal air to it. And then everybody else is just like half ass.
0: Right. And Tony Naples as Sultana. She appeared in a number of scantily clad, low budget films produced by Roger Corman and Fred Olin Ray, including Sorority House Massacre 2, Female Mercenaries, Dinosaur Island. And most of the people in this movie were also in Hard to Die.
1: Hard to Die. I've seen Dinosaur Island like way too many times.
0: (laughs) Start with a castle and a thunderstorm because it's a dark and stormy night. Plus, uh, Roger Corman has that shot in like every movie.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same castle, the same right <laughs> <black laughs> behind it.
0: Inside, a bizarre skull hangs on the wall. Stalker and a woman are about to pull off a heist a la Indiana Jones. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: straight up. He does like the bag thing and shit. He like weighs it out. It's like, yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah, yeah. He sneaks over to the treasure box and steals this big old gold nugget out of it and is immediately attacked by masked swordsmen. All of the swordsmen in this movie wear masks because they only had a few people and they needed to reuse them over and over again, sometimes in the same fight.
1: Yeah, and it's not like stuntmen either. It's like crew guys.
0: Right. Well, Stalker defeats him and runs off only to be chased back by more swordsmen. These are probably the same ones we just saw. That's why they're wearing the masks. They are fighting through uh, cave-like corridors. These are the same sets that were used in the same Death Stalker in the first Death Stalker movie, and they're really starting to show their age at this point.
1: Yeah, everything looks like like an old Batman show or something. Like they just like glued rocks on the already like right. wooden door frames and
0: shit. And- yeah. I've got a note about that a little later on, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just uh, styrofoam rocks glued on to like a piece of plywood to make it. Like, it's like two and a half hallways, right?
1: Yeah. But the camera they use, it seems like it's like a whole castle, but you can tell
0: it's just two or two or three hallways. Yep. Well, the last swordsman is taken out when Deathstalker throws his sword like a javelin and stabs the guy in the gut that's when a woman in a cape and a fur bikini comes around the corner with more guards. Oh, so death stalker jumps out of a window and makes his escape. Uh, the woman is Sultana and she's watching out the window. Then she turns to her guards and says, I'll have my revenge and death stalker too.
1: Oh man. He said the name of the movie in the first five minutes of the movie. Oh yeah. That's when, you know, you hit like uh, dumpster gold. You know, yes, but yeah, as soon as she says that title card,
0: <laughs> yeah, we get flames and the opening credits. It's just like somebody turned on a gas grill and put the opening credits in front of it.
1: Yeah, it's like a medieval Benihana or something.
0: Next, we see guards dragging a screaming woman out of a buds for food and drink in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> The king is having her thrown out for revealing that his wife is pregnant by another man. She claims to be a princess and threatens him, so threatens the guards, so they rough her up a little bit. Deathstalker sees this and breaks up the fun. He insults the guards, so a fight ensues with Deathstalker armed only with a shovel and some sand. That's all he needs, though. Oh, he's Deathstalker. He is Deathstalker. He takes out two of the guards. The third one runs off. Well, he stops to say hello to the seer, and then goes on inside. This is the exact same feast hall from the first Death Stalker movie. It's lit a little better. We even get some reused footage from some people who appeared in the first movie but don't exist in this one.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is it? The the guy with the horned helmet, uh, pig head guy. I love the pig head guy. I love Pighead Guy. He, he's in like movies that aren't even Deathstalker movies. But anytime they have a bar scene, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, uh, give me that clip of that Pighead Guy from that movie." Yeah, and I'll
0: just splice it right in there. You know, the Pighead Guy picks up a pig head off a platter and just eats it. No cares in the world. I mean, who doesn't like barbecue? Even pigs like barbecue. Barbecue, yeah, it says it on the tin. Yeah. Death Stalker is trying to impress a couple of women by passing his fingers through the candle flame and going, Ooh. <laughs> 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 and they're acting like they're impressed, too. Yeah, I remember when I had my first beer, man. <laughs> the uh, seer, her name is Rena. We'll find out later. She approaches Death Stalker and tries to get his him to help her again. And a guard grabs her and slaps her. Well. It was okay telling her to leave, but when the guard slapped her, that was just too much, and it's table flipping time. Oh, man. So we get a bar brawl, and this is where I mentioned earlier the set really showing its age because, like we said, the stones on the wall are carved from styrofoam, and then they're all painted gray, but so much stuff has been thrown around this set so many times. That there's just white spots all over everything, where the rocks are dented, the styrofoam's dented, and the paint has chipped off. Oh,
1: and one of well, yeah, one of the walls that you can definitely tell like they had to patch that wall. Yeah, a movie it got like obliterated. Yeah, there's like where it's like a different shade of gray or something, or they put a big net in front of it. You know.
0: Well, Chin the pirate is watching the fight. Chin is played by Marco Marcos who is a Latin TV actor known for his roles in Evita, Amazons, and Ever-Changing Waters. He's also known for playing Gargit in the first Deathstalker film. And there's a topless dancer performing nonstop throughout this entire fight. She'll duck something that's thrown towards her, but then she goes right sure. back to her little dance. Also, she's like not even on
1: set. That wall is not on the set. It's like a... <laughs> Also, yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna call it like she has uh, fake bosoms. She has implant. <laughs> <laughs> totally like a medieval chick, and yeah, she's like dancing, and she like ducks, and like a chair goes over overhead, and she stands back up, starts dancing again, and yep. like the lighting and the background I was like it's like they filmed it in somebody's office in front of a court board.
0: <laughs> they might have. <laughs> well, Deathstalker and Rena. The seers, they run out through a back door as the brawl continues after Death Stalker makes a circuit around the room, flipping every single table. Everyone. He did, people are just sitting there. You know, apparently fights break out here all the time. So nobody's really too worked up about it. A lot of them are just sitting at their tables, watching the fight, having their dinner. And he just walks up to them and starts flipping the damn tables. <laughs> Well, they, they managed to escape through a back entr- a back exit and they ride off on a horse as guards give chase through the woods at night. There's a lot of fog used in this movie because they were filming at night, not too far from a residential area and a highway, and they needed to use a lot of fog to disguise the lights from the highway and the houses. It worked.
1: I mean, it looks I mean,
0: you can kind of tell it's probably like a lot somewhere, but yeah,
1: it, it does work. I mean, yeah, at, um, they keep the camera tight on all the action and like you got really close ups when they're talking. So it's like, yeah.
0: right. There aren't any long shots in the woods and they're probably in about a 150 foot area, but they make good use of it. Yeah. Well, Deathstalker pulls his horse up behind a tree and the guards run right past him. He, he tells Rena that he's a thief. And while they're talking, the guards double back on them and fire a crossbow bolt that just barely misses Deathstalker's head and hits the tree in front of them. And we get another chase, and they manage to lose the guards at a crossroads. Morning comes, and they're in Rena's hut. It's a lot like the same hut that uh, that Deathstalker went and visited that old woman in in the first movie.
1: Yeah, it's like exactly
0: the same. (laughs) (laughs) This is a movie about recycled.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: just it's right up there with Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: funny because I used to watch these on TNT. Like they used to have. Them, uh, <laughs> up all night, or no, what was it Monster yeah, Vision? Monster. Yeah, that you had to stay up all night. I, yeah, they, yeah. This especially this one. This was like a staple, and those like the second one, right?
0: Which is, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because Monique Gabrielle, who plays Rena the Seer and Princess Evie, was also in USA up all night. Yeah. So morning comes, they're in Rena's hut and she is serving up a bowl of chicken foot stew. She says oh my it's her specialty. The desk doctor yeah. takes a bite and says, oh, yours is good. Uh, can you give me that water? And as soon as she turns around, to reach the glass to grab the glass of water, he spits this out and dumps the whole bowl.
1: Yeah. As funny as shit. Like <laughs> total fight. Like, wow. It kind of reminds me of uh like the what is it, like a, that meme where it's like that chick she's like trying to impress her man so she uh does like I don't know like vegan chicken or something and it's like just raw chicken in a thing. <laughs> Yeah, It's not vegan chicken. It's something like, I don't know, like steamed chicken. I don't know. It's just gross. Yeah. You kind of like that. It's like, you call this cooking? What is this? Yeah.
0: What to... Well, next she tell- offers to tell his future, and she's got this tiny little crystal ball, which is actually a cut glass doorknob. Oh, yeah. She tells him that there's a princess in trouble and needs his help, and she's imprisoned by an evil sorcerer named Jarek in the land of Jafir. She tells Death Stalker that if he rescues the princess, he'll be a legend right up there with Conan. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend, all right. Yeah. I love it when
1: they do that. Like um, uh, there's this show called uh, Master Ninja. Or, yeah, yeah. And it had like Timothy Van Patten in it and Lee Van Cleef. And then like, yeah, they would use like Rocky as a real person in their continuity or something, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's well, really inspirational, like Rocky and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. Hey, Conan's not a bad guy to aspire to be.
0: Well, I mean, if you want to talk about who's a legend, the Deathstalker films have appeared twice on our podcast, and Conan, we haven't asked to come on one time. Yeah, I keep sending them letters, but. <laughs> well, Deathstalker is ready to leave for Jafir right now he's going to be a legend, we might as well get started on it immediately. Back at the castle, Jarek is practicing his sword fighting skills by killing his own guards while an imposter Eevee gripes at him for not finding the real Eevee. She's also eating a banana the whole time that she's watching this, which is kind of creepy. Yeah, and also you can tell us
1: evil Eevee or whatever, where the, the original Eevee is like wearing like a buckskin like dress. Yeah. Evil Evie is dressed like my, uh, I dream of a genie or something. She's got like this uh, pink negligee type thing on. She's got like purple makeup and stuff.
0: Yeah. And she's got kind of an updo instead of the the feathered look that that the real Eve's wearing. Yeah. Jarek reveals that he's made this Evie from part of the soul of the real Princess Evie, but there are still a few minor adjustments that have to be made. And uh, he can't just kill the real Princess Evie yet. Instead, he kills another guard and then sends Evie to her room. When he calls for another guard, that guard falls dead because he got stabbed in the back by Sultana, who just walked in. (laughs) She says she doesn't like waiting in line. That's the only reason she killed this guard.
1: I like her. I do, too. Like, just because in the other Deathstalkers movie, it's just like usually Deathstalkers versus a wizard. Right. And this one, it kind of like, there's two bad guys, really. There's the wizard, and then there's, like, this badass chick.
0: And they really downplayed the wizard part of it. He's more a sword fighter than a wizard. And Yeah. She's, and she's just kind of a bully. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, you are know, like, yeah, and the other ones, uh, like, the, they had that other person. It was, like, the head of the guard or something. And they were usually, like, no-name guys right? with, like, a helmet on. This chick, like, they didn't give her a helmet, they give her like a fur bikini, but just she has better lines, like more fleshed out character, you know. Yeah, and she'll get up in dudes' face. She'll get up in like the bad, like the main baddie's face and shit, like
0: that. Well, she wants Jarek's help to get her revenge on Deathstalker, and in return for helping, she will help get Evie back. Then Deathstalker and Evie are riding to Jafir, and Chin is watching them from up in a tree cut to a bar where sultana and chin are meeting this is the exact same set as the bar fight from the beginning of this movie oh my god they just changed the angle and put a fish net up on the wall
1: now nah, they had that fish for a while but yeah no nah, they they just clean yeah they put the bar the tables all up hell it's even in the background it's like the same patron <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chin is going to deliver Deathstalker to Sultana, but first he has to introduce his crew. Oh, my God. First, we have crazy Otto Rheingold, the mad Prussian. <laughs> Next, Ed the Head Shemansky. He did five years on the Genghis Khan Strike Force. And now works as a part-time consultant to to Attila the Hun, John the Baptist Bombasso. Drowning is his specialty. Nick, the Crippler of Kashmir, who does what his name says. A crippled Kashmir? Yes. And finally, Buddy Footstool LaRosa, who was recently fired by Ivan the Terrible for being excessively brutal. All right. So like this whole gag is set up, like
1: a Mel Brooks scene or something in the movie where they like they go yeah. like, it starts him and then they have the camera like on a dolly and they just move to each bar patron and they get uglier and meaner looking. <laughs> and then uh, and then we yeah. get the dwarf at the end. The dwarf is like Barstool La Rosa and of course like that like they pan over and then they pan down, you know? Like, yeah. oh there's and he's the meanest so of the he's got like do <laughs> Two patches, scar on his face, and he's just, he's all <laughs> kinds of trouble.
0: <laughs> well, Sultana, for some reason, is still skeptical. <laughs> <And she's... laughs> I don't know why. I know why. And the gang just leaves her at the bar. Later that night, Chin's gang has managed to acquire explosive arrows. Oh, and, man. And they are firing them at Death Star. And these are the best explosions that we've seen in a while. Outside of a car chase, there, yeah, so like uh, death Doctor and the chick
1: on, on the horse, and they're just going through the field, you know, and all of a sudden, like boom, like big fire flash, you know, right behind them, and like, yeah, like shit- speed, and then it cuts through the game, and it literally looks like a bunch of drunk uncles <laughs> like, drunkly, like they can't even get their bow right and stuff when they're lining it up, and then they shoot, and then you go back, and it's like perfect. Hurt- perfect marksmanship where these explosions are going off right it's exactly
0: so yeah they got a lot of people with bows and arrows in this movie but they did not take the time to show any of them how to use it just you know yeah kind of I'll, make the motion we'll take care of the rest in post you've seen sleepaway camp just do that
1: and they're like oh okay <laughs> but i, I just I, I like it's in a middle action scene but <laughs> they cut back every time they cut back to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like drunkenly. Like, how do you do this? And then they're like one, one out of three will get a shot off. And then it goes back to them. And there's like perfect explosions everywhere.
0: Well, they're not trying to hit death stalker. They're trying to herd him. They're leading him to a a spot where they want him to be. Well, he and Rena dismount and hide behind a hill while death stalker takes a minute to get his knives ready. And, Oh, yeah, I got this throwing star. Maybe that'll be useful, too.
1: Sweet. Well, it was like the mid and stuff, so yeah, Ninja Stars was everybody had.
0: Then he leaves Rena hiding behind the hill. Chin's gang moves to intercept Rena and Deathstalker, but Deathstalker starts picking them off one by one, including sticking the dwarf in the head with the throwing star, which causes him to drop an explosive arrow, blowing himself up, and leaving only his smoking shoes behind.
1: That is like, yeah, that's fucking classic. I Best love that. kill of the movie.
0: <laughs> Cause like I don't
1: know how they did it, but it, it the arrow actually goes up, kind of turns in air and then falls down on him and then explodes. Yeah. And I don't know that was like a freak accident, but yeah, that was funny as shit.
0: Well, Rena's supposed to be hiding, but instead she's calling very loudly for Death Stalker. If you were trying to sneak up on somebody, this is the person that you would leave at home and not tell them that you were doing any sneaking.
1: Yeah, and it's, it, even it's louder because she had a double line, so it's like
0: Death Stalker. <laughs> One of the goons grabs her, and Death Stalker takes him out with a throwing knife. That's everybody but Chin killed, and Death Stalker and Rena leave. Chin meets Sultana next to this steaming pool. It turns out it's a pay pool that he's going to use to call Jarek. It's a pay phone steaming pool. And he takes yeah. out a few coins and throws them in. And next thing you know, there's Jarek's face in the water. That's totally like something from like
1: a homebrew D&D campaign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a pay pool.
1: Yeah, because I don't know. We, uh, we had cell phones, but they were rocks. <laughs> You know, there were like rocks with communication spells on them. So it's like, right, hey, there's some guy out there in the field talking on a rock. It's like, oh, he's gonna be back and wow, well, he's gonna have to skip his turn because he's on his cell phone.
0: <laughs> well, Jarek is not happy that Death Stalker got away. So he just takes his sword and shoves it down the into his magic pot of water, which means the other end sticks out of the other side of you know the magic hay pool. And just stabs Chin right in the gut.
1: That's like total.
0: Fucking... He stabbed him through the phone.
1: Yeah. That's like some Freddy Krueger slash Looney Tunes type shit. I don't know. It's pretty genius when you think about it. Like, because that's weird. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. But, it's uh... kind
0: of clever. Given the rest of the movie, it's kind of clever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one. Then Jarek opens up this little wooden coffin and he takes out a little metal skeleton. And drops it in the pot of water and just starts laughing. We will never know what that was all about.
1: It was probably some magic stuff. And then like just because of budget stuff, they just like cut it.
0: Well, it could be that. It could be the long distance rates are a little higher if you actually stab somebody.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. They, they <laughs> have them after midnight when like, you know, you had rollover minutes or something.
0: Right. Meanwhile, Deathstalker and Rena Re- arrive at a foggy green cemetery that is really, really packed.
1: Yeah, I love this set. I it mean, looks it-
0: like somebody emptied the Halloween decorations section from five-dollar general stores into this place. Nah, you're being too generous. It looks like <laughs> a el- elementary school
1: play of like Nightbreed or something. It's just a bunch of like. Wooden sticks made into crosses. The only thing that looks kind of cool is the mausoleum. And it's like right in the center. Right. And like the tombstones that aren't crosses are just planks of wood. Like they don't even really. Round
0: and they're them at all top. leaning or crooked.
1: Oh, yeah. Like everyone's got like that. To lean <laughs> <toward it. laughs>
0: well, Deathstalker wants to break into the mausoleum and steal the valuables of the deceased. The dialogue here is actually pretty clever. The movie, it, you know, it's it's kind of like the movie becomes self-aware here.
1: No, no, it's been going on like the whole movie, but yeah, it definitely in the dialogue it, it becomes self-aware. Right,
0: right. They are living an adventure that will be told as legend in the future. Marina's afraid; she's scared of cemeteries. She's heard it's bad luck to walk over a grave. Death Stalker tells him it's just bad luck to walk over the open grave. <laughs> Then she thinks she left the door to her grass hut unlocked, and he so he reminds her that her hut doesn't have a door. Oh, <laughs> well, the door to the mausoleum opens on its own, and Deathstalker heads inside. Rena's not going, and it's a good thing she doesn't too, because the door slams shut, locking Deathstalker inside. Outside, Rena lights a torch. Inside. Ghostly Jarek appears and starts threatening Deathstalker. A very short ghostly Jarek. <laughs> well, they have a little conversation, and then Jarek says he's got he's put something together for Deathstalker, and the wall starts moving. And Deathstalker says, "Oh, great! The old crushing wall gag, huh?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you
1: knew it, as soon as you came in that place, it shows, it, it goes in and they show you a POV shot and they see how far the, the ball is. And you're like, that's going to come at me with spikes, isn't it? It and sure is. Him, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm uh, I'm the bad guy this week. And he's like, hey, I'm off here. Uh, and he like turns on the wall and he comes at him.
0: Outside, it's no fun for Evie either because the dead are rising from their graves. And as we said, there are a lot of graves here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love the zombies in this movie. I guess that's what they're supposed to be, zombies. But it's like uh, they just put black makeup around the eyes. Right. And like a kind of a robe on them, like a white sheet thing.
0: Yeah. And they're all coming right towards her. Inside, Deathstalker is looking for a secret button that'll let him escape. And he thinks he found it, but it's just a cheap wall decoration that breaks off in his hand. (laughs) Instead, he's going to climb up the spears on this wall that's coming at him and try to escape through a hatch in the ceiling. Outside, Rena's fighting off zombies with her torch. Stalker manages to escape and joins her, and they escape through the cemetery because, well, it turns out, as everybody knows, even in a fantasy movie, zombies are really slow and you can just outwalk them.
1: Oh yeah, easily.
0: They got enough time to like get on the horse, get comfortable and then take off. Exactly. Back at the castle, Evie is annoyed with the dwarf musician who's playing for him, for her. She sends him away and that's when she notices that her hand is starting to blink in and out of existence. So she rings for her pig face guards who bring a young man to her. She beckons the young guy to join her on the bed, saying that she won't bite. And then, well, of course, she eats him. <laughs> we The camera shows us outside the room and we hear the guy's screams. And then there's a bunch of smoke that comes under the door in the bedroom. Evie has blood on her chin and she sticks a gold mask onto the head of her bed. We're supposed to believe, I think, that this is what's left of the young guy that they brought to her, but it was an old gap-toothed man's face that she stuck to the headboard.
1: Yeah. Oh, let me go on about that headboard. That's That's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, that headboard. You remember in school, if you looked under a desk, you could see all the chewing gum that had ever yeah. been chewed in that desk? This headboard is the same way, but with guys faces yeah
1: it's like gold with right mounds of faces and then like you know purple like crushed sheets and stuff like, they did a real nice job in the set and then yeah, yeah as soon as she eats another person to, to stay alive
0: bam she just adds another face add another face to the headboard yep it's pretty cool well stalker and Evie are camping in a cave stalker gives then this is the real Evie a blanket to keep warm and then she talks him into sharing it with her and as he said okay fine he cuddles up under the blanket with her and then she asks is that your sword or are you just happy to see me <laughs> and i think the answer there was yes next day they see a road sign and of course i had to pause it and write down everything that the road sign points to from oh, top yes. to bottom, we have directions to Samaria, Lemuria, Altair, which isn't even a place. That's a, a star. Fredonia, Golgotha, El Kabong, which is that's a quick draw McGraw car- cartoon.
1: Yeah, this is Alter Ego. So like it's like his Batman. Right. He just he wears a Zorro mask and he hits you in the head with a guitar and says, El Kabong.
0: And then finally, we have do. No can do <laughs> and Jafir down at the bottom.
1: I'm pretty sure they stole that Catman do from a Looney Tunes bit. <laughs> like, like on like their cartoon.
0: Yeah, they probably did. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, that's an old like, joke. Well, the real Evie consults her crystal doorknob, which tells them to follow the mountains. It's a clear road. No surprises. The very next thing we see. Deathstalker and Evie are trussed up like deer being carried into a female warrior encampment. No surprises.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is pretty funny. Yeah, they got them all stretched up like, uh, like in Return of the Jedi and stuff. Yeah, and they kind of go easy on the chick, but you know, Deathstalker being a dude and these chicks being Amazons, they they just they keep on like yeah,
0: right. Their leader thinks that Rena, who is actually Princess Eevee, Looks an awful lot like Princess Evie, who apparently is a monster and has been oppressing them for a long, long time.
1: <laughs> so she
0: plays off, No, no, I'm really not a princess. I'm just a seer. My name's Rena. Then the leader of the warrior women, she agrees to release Rena, but Death Stalker, Death Stalker's not going anywhere. He's going on, he's going to be placed on trial for crimes against womanhood. And it is a battle to the death. It's a wrestling match versus their champion, Gorgo. I love Gorgo. Gorgo is played by Dee Boer, who is credited as Queen Kong. She was one of the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Which was an L.A.-based women's wrestling production that was formed the year before this movie was made.
1: Yeah. Go see that documentary the ladies of glow and then they had the show on netflix watch that glow they even have a character based around her the wolf the wolf chick but uh yeah i remember growing up and seeing this chick and like every she was in this uh she's in remote control yeah uh, she was in on she was on uh she beat the crap at al bundy on Married <laughs> <with children. laughs> a, i love one, that <laughs> yeah the lady wrestler in the show or something it was usually this chick like, and yeah, she's, she's an awesome lady. Like she passed away like a couple years back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. LA rules.
0: And a comic wrestling match ensues. It turns out to be a 15 round wrestling match complete with ring girls. Oh yeah. No,
1: that that's what's so Yeah. It's like they have a wrestling.
0: They ring had like, a really nice wrestling ring.
1: Yeah. And it's like chicks in bikinis with printed out cards and stuff. It wasn't painted. <laughs> It makes you think they might have done this before. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every time a guy comes in the camp, they just
0: beat his ass. That's it. That's it. Well, in the 15th round, Stalker gets the better of Gorgo, and all the women start yelling for him to kill her. The leader reminds him that this is a fight to the death, and Stalker says if she wants her killed, do it yourself. Stalker confronts Rena about her lies, and that's when she tells him the story of how Jarek replaced her with a doppelganger. Stalker is pissed about being betrayed and he just storms off, leaving the real Evie. Back at the castle, the fake Evie is throwing a tantrum. Jarek is out in the hallway and inside the bedroom, you can hear the fake Evie just yelling and screaming and throwing all the dishes out the doorway. She is destroying all the good china. <laughs> They're like paper plates, spray painted gold. <laughs> for real, I mean, it's just
1: a gold spray painted paper plate. All of the stuff, yeah, they're like maybe like a gourd or something that was made into a,
0: pit, a pitcher. The budget for this thing was so low that they didn't even have real swords. They were made out of wood and then spray painted with silver blade. Oh yeah, yeah no,
1: I, I think they're like uh, not in the the first guard scene but there's another guard scene where like one of the swords break i think it's toward the end like the sword just breaks mid fight yeah it's he, in like, the
0: it's in the last fight between death stalker and jerek yeah oh god that's right yeah and and it's pretty clear that that's uh that that's wood <laughs> <laughs> looks like wood there <laughs> well jerek calms her down with the promise of a major breakthrough and in his lab jerek shows her his new elixir which is designed to sever the ties between the doppelganger and the real person. They tested out on one guy, so he he took a guy and he cloned him the same way that he cloned Evie, and then we give the clone the elixir and stabbed the other one, and the the clone was okay. So he gives the elixir to the fake Evie, and she drinks it. Now it's perfectly fine for him to kill the real Evie. And nothing bad will happen to the fate. Back at the Amazon camp, Evie is looking for Deathstalker. He's making out with the leader of this Amazon group. And they go into her tent. And boy, does she have plans for him. <laughs> she uh, leaves to slip into something a little more comfortable. And that's when she explains that first thing in the morning, they're they're getting married. And when Deathstalker hears this, he's out of here, dude. Point <laughs> <laughs> that Death Stalker. I tell you what. <laughs> Outside, Death Stalker learns that Evie left camp, so he goes looking for her in the woods. The Evie, the real Evie, gets caught in a trap. It's just a net spread on the ground. It turns out that Sultana set this trap, and she knows that Rena is really Princess Evie. So she's going to torture her to find out where Deathstalker is. She's got her suspended over a pot of boiling water. And if she doesn't uh, tell if she doesn't tell Sultana where Deathstalker is, she's going to drop her into this pot. Evie says, well, you know, I know that Jarek needs me alive. And that's when Sultana reminds her, yeah, I can lower you into that pot up to your waist and you'll still be alive. <laughs> Sultana's cold. Yeah. That's why, Yeah, I
1: like her as a bad guy, as a second baddie or something.
0: Yeah. Well, that's when Deathstalker shows up with his very dramatic entrance. Ta-da! He even does (laughs) ta-da. Who does that? Sultana (laughs) sets her goons on him, and we get another big sword fight. During this fight, Sultana sets fire to the rope that's holding Evie over the pot of boiling water. Stalker has taken out all the guards, and now it's just him and Sultana battling. Well, Sultana ends up getting killed. Death Stalker runs her through, and she makes an amazingly horrible face when she has to cough up the, the fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> and about that time, the rope holding Evie burns through and she starts to fall, but it's okay because Death Do- Stalker makes an amazing flying leap and catches her, saving her. And they land on the ground and it looks like they're going to kiss because you say the girl. That means she's in love with you, right? Right. Except Stalker says, no, it's not the right time. Yeah. They get like Eskimo kiss. They get their
1: noses touch. And then he says that. And then like, yeah, then they laugh. They're like, <laughs> well, hey,
0: Evie oh. points out that his boner thinks that this is exactly the right <laughs> place. <laughs> That's when they did a little smirky laugh thing. Yeah. Oh god. Back at the castle, the guards bring in the corpse of Sultana. Jerek rings a bell that turns on the strobe light. This is a magic strobe light that brings Sultana back to life, and they have strobe light zombie sex there in the lab while the fake Evie watches from a doorway. That sounds
1: like this guy. He did the same thing in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls.
0: He had strobe light zombie sex in that movie, too.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It
0: was the 60s, man. I read somewhere that they used stunt boobs for this scene. The joke being that those were not Tony Naples nipples.
1: Yeah, I can tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the fake Evie watched all of this from the doorway. And it turns out fake Evie is the jealous type. Meanwhile, Deathstalker and the real EV have arrived outside the castle.
1: Oh man, I gotta say something about this. Yeah, when they come up, it's like right—they show the castle, and right. they show, and then Deathstalker. <laughs> you know where I'm going with? They raise up like it's uh, that show,
0: like in Haw? It, yeah, it's like the
1: weirdest <laughs> kit ever. They're like in the full like uh, medieval guard, but it's like the Heehaw skit kit. They're like, well, I guess that's the castle. Yeah, all right, let's keep quiet. And then they go back down like at the he-haw skit. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, they, they put that in there willingly. I mean, because like the the way that the, they have the framed-up shot of the cornfield and stuff, and they yeah. raise up. And after they talk, they slowly raise back down in the spot. Yep. It's funny as shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's in my note. Like, don't forget the he-haw skit.
0: Nice. Well, the real Evie shows Deathstalker a secret tunnel entrance to the castle. And she tries to tell Stalker that she's got a bad feeling about something. He doesn't want to hear any more of her fortune telling. And that's when a cage door falls down between them, trapping Deathstalker. Dun dun dun. Jarek and his guards take him prisoner. Jerek orders the guards to kill him, but Sultana stops them. She wants to kill Deathstalker herself. Outside the real Evie tries to get away, but a guard knocks her out by hitting her in the head with a boomerang. It was a very lazy boomerang shot, but she can't hit an actor in the head too hard. Then the three guards decide as long as they're here and as long as she's laying on the ground, might as well rape her. It is a death Talker movie. They had to like kind of like they had the- to the throw show. one in. I'm
1: I'm against it, but like. I don't know. It's like just the easy way to get nudity in a movie, right? But it's already chock full of nudity, might I add. They already had <laughs> the two- <laughs> everywhere in this movie.
0: Yeah, the boob count in this film is off the charts. Yeah, we stopped down. That was That's how. Like, I had like
1: count. <laughs> like, ah, I broke. It stopped at ninety nine. What do you want me to? do?
0: Yep. Well, the Amazon warriors show up about this time and kill all the guards, rescuing the real evil. Inside, Deathstalker is tied to a table with a pendulum blade swinging over him. And we cannot do a movie on this podcast without a Bond reference. They blatantly steal a line from the man with the golden gun in this one. Oh, yeah. And Sultana asks about Evie. Deathstalker says, you don't expect me to talk, do you? And she goes, oh, no, I expect you to die.
1: Yeah. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Side note, that uh, pendulum looks badass. Like, yes. It sticks out in that set. The set's like the rest of the movie. It's like all uh, like cardboard and bullshit. It's
0: probably left over from the pit in the pendulum.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that pendulum's bad at Well, yeah, because Roger Cook is probably... Yeah. Uh, they found it in his backyard. Like, hey, you mind if we use this?
0: <laughs> he actually Ripper. had to go down to Argentina during the making of this movie. He's the executive producer on this. On this, the producer had a problem with the rewrites on the script because you know, this isn't the script that was turned in. What the hell are we making here? Roger Corman actually had to go down to Argentina, view the dailies that they had that they had done so far and say. Dude, let him make the movie. This is fine. It's a Corman film it's supposed to be like this.
1: Oh man, I love Roger Corman.
0: So they could have made a phone call and said, Hey, uh, while you're since you're coming down anyway, you wanna bring that pendulum blade with you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he probably travels with it. I don't know. I mean, he might. Look at the way that got me.
0: Makes- <laughs> Well, as Blake gets closer, a guard stops the pendulum because the princess wants to see him. So they take him to Fake Evie. After the guards leave, Fake Evie wants to have sex with Death Stalker. Apparently, parts of her are blinking out of existence again, and she's got to fix that.
1: Also, like, when you say she's blinking in out of existence, it's not like in Back to the Future where he goes, like, see-through.
0: Uh-uh. It's no, like- that's too good an effect for this movie.
1: Yeah. They're like... Turning on and off a chroma key like a light switch. It's just like on, off, on, off. On, on,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: On. So it, it gets, it's really kind of like. <laughs> just, it, I wish it was like Back to the Future. That would mean like a really cool effect and stuff. Or hell, at least like uh, Star Trek or something. But no, nah, it's totally. Well, blank. they spent all their
0: budget on wooden swords and fur bikinis. Yeah, they spent all their budgets on boobs. That's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pretty long sex scene here between fake Evie and Deathstalker and she's just about ready to chomp him. <laughs> oh man. And that's when somebody shows up with a statue in their hand. Turns out it's the real Evie, and she conks the fake Evie on the head, saving Deathstalker. Dun, da, da, da. She tells him that she's already told him not to mess around with girls like that. Like her? Yes, like her. Okay. (laughs) She also brought Deathstalker his sword, and there's a magic sound when she hands it to him. That was kind of cute.
1: Yeah. It reminded me of Legend of Zelda whenever you open a treasure chest or
0: something. Yeah. Back in the tunnels, she says she has a surprise for him, and they go through a door, and they're immediately surrounded by Jarek, Sultana, and all of their guards. Surprise! <laughs> Jarek tells the goons to kill Deathstalker and Eevee, and that's when the Amazons arrive and the battle begins. That was actually the surprise she had for him. She brought oh. the Amazon village with her. Stalker and the real Eevee join in the killing while Sultana stands against a wall sulking. She's definitely the buzzkill at this party. <laughs> She's just standing there looking... Gl- She's got an opportunity to take out Deathstalker, and she's just standing against the wall looking pissed off. She got a wooden sword. What you want? That's true. Real Evie grabs up a pike and she accidentally takes out a few guards, Three Stooges style. Accidentally. And then just runs off giggling. Yeah. Well, Sultana's had enough of this crap, and she's bored, so she's leaving, whatever. Fake, lightning there's yeah, there's random lightning strikes all over the place. Don't know where they're coming from because Jarek, Jerick, Jarek's a wizard, okay, but he's a wizard who likes to fight with his sword more than anything. So he's got his sword, but apparently there's lightning coming from somewhere. Fake Evie shows up wanting to know what all the noise is about. So Jarek, who happens to have stepped away from the fight when Sultana got pissed and left. Jarek takes her back inside and he sends her to her room. He does that like the whole movie. Yeah. Outside, the battle rages and inside, Deathstalker has gone searching for Jarek while the real Evie, she's got business to take care of with the fake. Deathstalker asks her what it it is and she holds up a knife and says, can't tell you, girl talk. Twin cat fight yeah exactly real Evie is searching through fake Evie through one little hallway but she keeps popping her head out on different places like uh, like a scooby-Doo running in and out of the bedrooms
1: I love that bit
0: <laughs> fake Evie tries to sneak up behind her but the real Evie throws a knife and kills her so fake Evies calls her a bitch falls to the floor and turns away turns into a puff of smoke that's the end of the fake. e. Deathstalker faces off against Jarek in another big room. This is the final sword fight, and the whole fight was choreographed by John Tuleski by Deathstalker. I figures and honestly, it's one of the better choreographed fights in this movie. It
1: is because the rest of them they're like slowly doing this, and this one, I mean, it's not a great sword fight, but it's, it's it kind of like uh, reminds me of Earl Flan, like
0: yeah. Compared to the rest of the sword fights in this movie, it's a really good fight. Yeah. Stalker gets disarmed and uses a candle stand to fight against Jarek's sword. And this works for a little while, but then Jarek gets the best of him. Jarek lunges, but Stalker catches the blade between his hands. This is the only time in the movie that Death Stalker is actually wearing gloves. Yeah. I thought
1: that was weird. It's like he's not wearing a shirt. He's wearing leather pants and leather gloves.
0: Yeah, well, he grabs a hold of the blade. He uses this to disarm Jarek. As he does, the sword blade snaps in half. There we go. Deathstalker disarms him and stabs Jarek in the neck with his own sword. Next, we have a big party as the real Princess Evie is restored to the throne. Deathstalker's there in the crowd with the leader of the Amazon group, and Gorgo is also there giving him a big thumbs up. Evie summons Deathstalker to approach her throne. She wants to reward him, and apparently she is the reward. He uh, asks if she's sure she made the right decision, and she offers to consult her crystal ball, but Deathstalker takes that and just tosses it over his shoulder and beans somebody with it. I thought that was... Funny. It was. <laughs> it was
1: like, he just throws it over his shoulder, and then everybody that's in the crowd bottles it. And then you hear someone out like off screen.
0: <laughs> she says a thousand years from now, players will still be recounting their deeds and death stalker just hopes they find somebody good looking to play him yeah. and roll credits with a blooper reel. Watch oh, yeah. the blooper reel. It does, if- it
1: does cool credits where it does like their name and like a freeze frame of it. And then it goes to blooper. reel.
0: Yep. The blooper reel is really good. So, yeah, that's definitely one thing that uh if you watch this, it's on Tubi. Just about everything we talk about is on Tubi. We need to get the folks at Tubi to sponsor
1: or at least like, you know, throw us a t-shirt or something.
0: Right. Right. But yeah, stick around through the blooper reel. There's some good stuff there. <laughs> Man, this was fun to watch. It was a stupid movie. If you want to turn your brain off and be amused for an hour and a half, this is a good way to do it.
1: Here we got to do part three sometime.
0: Okay, there are what four or five of these. Technically four, but uh, like the fourth
1: one is like more like the first one, and no one remembers it. I barely remember it. I remember okay. they brought the original Deathstalker. But like the 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 main three, like the first one is like well, it's Deathstalker. Yeah. Part two, this one is like it's the comedy. It's like Three Stooges with swords. And then the third one's like almost like a Disney movie. They went so clean and broad when they tried to attract more people to. Oh an, wow. It yeah to an R rated uh, movie. Yeah. And, and it's because there's like no nudity, absolutely like no rape. They got, like, the TV actor to be the main guy. And, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of set up like Willow in a way. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I guess it was worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, then, and then they're like, ah, screw it. We're going back to the first.
0: <laughs> like, Dude. Well, there have been so many references to Ghoulies. We're going to have to talk about a goo. Oh, we got to do four. Okay. Yeah, part we'll four is put awesome. that one I, on the part list.
1: Two, part two was kind of cool. It was the one where, like, they had the carnival. And it's like the least a track uh, carnival. But yeah. Two,
0: <laughs> two. Okay, man, I think that's a podcast. Oh, yeah.